Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. White Witch Podcast with me, Carly. Hope you are all well, witches. Alas, I am a husk of a woman today. I will give you a little bit of a life update. Nobody asked for it, but here we are. So you may recall me saying about moving up north at some point. When I say up north, I'm actually talking the Midlands. It's just anything north of the Watford Gap, anywhere out of Peckham, I feel like I need a passport. So last summer, I basically put my flats up for sale. And sadly, recently, everything fell through, nothing to do with me. My poor buyers had a little bit of, well, basically, they got completely gypped by the people buying their place. So here I am covered in paint, been painting my flat, doing loads of little jobs, you know, just, you know, like you have to get your place looking like you don't live in it, you've never cooked in it, just trying to get it to look immaculate. And everything in my place is white, all white walls, all white furniture. So as you can imagine, it's a fucking nightmare. And I'm absolutely exhausted. And today was, you know, when the viewing started up. So Patreon witches, I've done the cheekiest thing with it coming up to in bulk. I have stolen our Bridget episode purely to put out for today because, like I say, I'm now a husk of a woman. I'm dying inside. I cannot tell you how tired I am. So I'm therefore going to put out an extra Patreon podcast episode to make up for the fact that I'm stealing this one. Otherwise, there'll be no podcast because I'm. I'm not even joking. I I'm just dying. I'm literally dying, but I'm happy. So that's my little life update. What else have I got to tell you? Still single, still on the dating ban, which I'm actually loving, absolutely loving. I've never felt more content in my whole life. I'm not saying that I'm never ever going to date. I'm just really enjoying single life. So yeah, that's me. I don't know why I felt the need to uh, bore you with those details. So yes, today's episode is all going to be about Bridget. But before we get to that, we do have a book review. And today's book is Wings of Forgiveness, written by Kyle Gray. So recently, I was listening to fucking millions of podcasts as I've been painting and jet washing. I'm very sweary today. I am so sorry. It's just how I feel. (laughs) I've listened to a plethora of podcasts as I've painted everything white, everything that you can ever think of white. Um, So played by accident or maybe not by accident it just happened to kind of be one in a line of podcasts and that was a Hay House podcast episode hosted by Kyle Gray who works with Angels. So I have for the last three and a bit years experienced numbers in my dreams which I never ever had before and I've mentioned this on the show before so never numbers like 1111 or 4444 or like whatever the main ones are, which I've never really paid much attention to. I always get four digit numbers, single digit numbers. Some of the most frequent numbers I ever have through are nine and 15. I get those a lot. I've taken to writing the numbers down as I like wake up and started to work with what the messages are. So if you ever do get numbers come up in dreams, or if you just keep 
having one throwing itself at you, you can easily do a Google search and look into it. So the universe and angels are said to communicate via numbers. And the more I've paid attention to the numbers in my dreams, the more I've had numbers come up. Some nights I might have two or three different number variations come up. And to be honest, I'll normally get numbers come up in my dreams like every other day. The first ever dream I had that I could recall that was number related involved Ben Howard handed me a check and the number on the check was the number I was given and I woke up and I just couldn't get that number out of my head. Other times in my dream, it might be in the dream like a time on a clock, a cash register, a receipt that I get in my dream, but I never ever receive numbers when I'm awake. As I say, like I've never even really got the concept of what 1111 is meant to mean. It was just never my thing. And As a devout witch, lol, I've struggled with the concept of angels in some respects because if I've ever tried to read angel books, it can sometimes veer into the Christianity route and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just obviously it's nothing to do with my path and I also struggle with seeing angels as these huge, good-looking, androgynous types. If I'm honest... I would rather, if they decided to show themselves to me, I'd rather see them as other people sometimes say they are, as like a huge amount of eyeballs. For that would resonate far more with my witchy heart than a handsome looking angel who looks like he should be called Chad. Like, sorry for any Chads listening, but you know what I mean. Maybe there aren't angels trying to communicate with me or us. Maybe it is, I don't know, like Hecate or the Morrigan, or maybe it's the universe. Who knows? But to get to the point, I'm very chatty today. Coming back to Carl Gray's podcast, it definitely resonated with me. And I felt compelled to buy one of his books. So the book I'm reviewing today is Wings of Forgiveness, Working with the Angels to Release, Heal and Transform. Here is the blurb to give you insight into what the book covers. Are guilt, grief or resentment holding you back from living a joyful life? Are there events or people in your life that you have been unable to make peace with? Are you overwhelmed with fear, doubts or insecurity? Miraculous changes are possible through one powerful practice, forgiveness, drawing on his personal experiences and his work with clients, as well as wisdom from the spiritual texts, A Course in Miracles and the Gnostic Gospels, Carl explains how the angels and ascended masters can enable you to release difficult emotions and heal from challenging experiences. His powerful tools will show you how to call on the ascended masters and angels of forgiveness for help, work through the chakras to release negative blocked energy, use meditation, prayer and visualization to open up your heart to truth and compassion. I read this whole book in one night. I was transfixed. I read this book at first, assuming that I didn't have anyone in my life that I needed to forgive. But it really dawned on me, there were a couple of people I needed to work on forgiving, but also myself. I worked on one of the exercises relating to this and it felt so huge for me. So I visualized meeting with that person, I called upon angels, I genuinely felt so different towards these couple of people afterwards, even now when I think on them, my whole stance has changed in how I feel and the emotion that comes up. I could see them in a completely different way. And, you know, I've done things like call cutting, all sorts of things in regards to these couple of people. It just felt so freeing to genuinely, I say this genuinely, to genuinely send them love and wish them all the best, which was a big thing. You know, you can go through life and not have beef with somebody or an issue, but to actually want to send them love and wish them the best. And mean it is huge. I genuinely felt it. And the days after, 
I just felt anytime my mind came back to a thought of that person, my heart just felt completely different about it. It just felt like something had processed. And yeah, some negative energy had moved through me, like powerful stuff. I loved the chapter on the body is a temple, especially as I've been doing what I like to call a lot of shadow work around my body. And that has been in the form of weightlifting and eating in alignment with that. So on this chapter, it just really resonated with me. And there was a line in the book that hit home, which is the way we treat our body is the way we treat our true essence. The section relating to the chakras was a wonderful insight for me. I loved how Kyle wrote on the root chakra and how if our base chakra were in nature, it would be the soil in which seeds are planted. It's the foundation in which everything is planted which gave me a lot to consider and also had me thinking on in bulk and the seeds we begin to sow around this time in relation to intentions and so on. And a lot of my seeds I'm sowing are in relation to health, especially mental health and of course, physical health with the work that I'm doing with weightlifting and so on. This book is perfect to work with alongside or in addition to shadow work in relation to forgiveness, a completely different slant on it especially if you feel aligned with the angels, but also for energetic work. Through this book, I realized my first three chakras, my root, sacral and solar are close to being shot to shit. So, so I, I'm starting to look at changing my diet. There's certain foods that you can eat relating to those. I'm working on using affirmations and looking at things like sound frequencies amongst other methods to see what I can change on that front. And that is all as a result of this book. It really opened my eyes to a lot. There is reference to Jesus, Mary, Mary Magdalene, Black Madonna, and so on within this book. But I frankly found this interesting. Carl states his belief in God is more as a source energy if you've never been to Glastonbury before, his account of visiting there and angel encounters that he had will have you chomping at the bit to visit like it has me. I'm desperate to go now. I came away from this book with so many different takes on angels. It may not be how I will work with them in my craft. That is an area I'm still a little bit lost on and I guess I'm just going to keep going down the rabbit hole on that front. But it did help me to feel like I knew how to approach them to ask for their support and help. I felt I understand their energy, but also how to work with mine better too, which of course will help me connect with them even further. This was such a comforting, easy read that offered so much gold. And although perhaps not a natural book for my witchy self to read, I will definitely be flocking to read his others. So I even wrote down this following poem that he put together, which I really needed to hear. And I feel that perhaps you might too. Embodied. Your reality is not your body. The truth of who you are is more than physical. Your reality is soul. You are pure spirit contained within a body. Your body is the home of your soul, the seat in which your holiness sits. In order for forgiveness to become real, it needs to become embodied. Forgiveness is remembering that you are whole already, which extends to the skin that you are in. Imagine a beautiful temple dressed in gold and filled with light. At the heart of the temple rests a throne. In front of the throne, an altar is laid. Upon the altar is the divine, the source of creation. Your body is that holy temple. The altar is your mind. And the seat of the divine is your heart. 
The temple is incomplete without the altar. An altar is bare without its source. Forgiveness needs to be embodied. Spirit requires integration. A sense of community must be cultivated within. Acceptance of your wholeness must extend to the tips of your fingers and toes. Unity begins when you remember the divine rests here within you. Holiness is restored when you open your eyes and see. Join me after the break to talk all about Bridget. from the Tuatha de Danann and one of the most popular goddesses of the Irish pantheon. From her parents, she inherited a variety of desirable traits such as magic, the ability to control the weather and fire, healing, fertility and clairvoyance. One of the most influential goddesses in Celtic mythology, Bridget is very much a personal goddess that people tend to worship in their own way. So well-loved a goddess for so many reasons, she was one of the few pagan deities that wasn't lost when Christianity became the religion of the land. She went on to become a Catholic saint to many, inspiring veneration well beyond the shores of Ireland. Firstly, she was seen as a goddess of spring, new life, the dawn and fertility, mainly in Ireland, but also in Scotland too. A deity of fair weather, fertility and the dawn, all representing light, life and a new beginning. Maybe that's like the Celtic equivalent of live, laugh, love. (laughs) The protective goddess Bridget has many different areas she is patroness for. Agriculture, specifically farm animals, where in this form, she was considered a goddess of birth and motherhood. As a fire goddess, especially for smiths and metal workers, a goddess linked to wells and rivers. Bridges well in Kildare bears her name and water from this well is said to hold healing properties. Bridget was worshipped by some as a healer, partly healing through her wells, but others considered her at other times as a fighter. As a healer, she's said to have the ability to cure all manner of illnesses and provide the right remedies with her energy. Some also view Bridget as a goddess of music, craftsmanship, poetry, the arts and wisdom. Akin to the Morrigan, to some she is considered a triple goddess, due to the different forms she takes throughout Irish legend. Some legends claim she is the goddess of spring and she had two sisters, one a smith and one a healer. As they would all be mistaken for one another, it's said that's why they were all called Bridget. Yet she is often treated as a single goddess still, but with three aspects. Evidence of her being seen as a triple goddess by some is that she is often depicted as the maiden, mother or crone. Also as lady of healing waters, goddess of the sacred flame and goddess of the fertile earth. As a goddess of many domains, she was widely worshipped in the Celtic world. Her best legends hail back to Ireland However, as I mentioned before, she was also revered in Scotland too. She is said to originate from many different Indo-European archetypes of dawn and fertility goddesses. Even her name links her to the dawn. Her name has the same root as the English word bright and originally meant rising or high. Due to Bridget's association with the light, the sun, fair weather, spring and summer, her dominion was over the cycles of the earth, 
and agriculture, where she was seen as a protectress of animals. She was born with the fires of heaven in her hair. It is said that the fire was so bright the day she was born that the entire house was lit up with it. She is the flame, the physical fire and heat of the sun. She was even connected to the sun and its light through her appearance. She's said to have flame red hair and to adorn herself in a robe of sunlight. Although she is considered a spring goddess, she was frankly associated overall with any time the weather was fair and the sun was shining. In Scottish folklore, Bridget ruled over the world throughout the summer months until the kayak, Queen of Winter, chased her back to Tiernanog. Other stories show the kayak transforming into Bridget. Another Scottish belief, apparently, is that the kayak held Bridget captive in a cave, preventing her light and warmth from shining upon the earth. Other stories speak of the kayak turning to stone at first sign of spring, and Bridget escapes from the cave, bringing her renewed fertility and warmth to the world. Another version of the story is that the kayak travels to a magical isle, which some speculate is the Isle of Skye, where there is a miraculous well of youth. On Imbolg, she drinks from the well and transforms into Bridget. These myths show us how the Celts split up the year. Although we see the year as split into quarters, the Celts split it into two, a dark and a light half of the year. Here we see Bridget as more of a dual-faced goddess opposed to a triple goddess, which are just as prevalent throughout Celtic myth as the triple goddess. In this form, we see Bridget and Kayak as two forms of the same goddess, as dual goddesses. Sometimes they appear in Crone and Maiden. Other times they are portrayed as two sisters. The darkness of the Crone will always give way to the rebirth and new beginning of the Maiden, which is something we can consider if we perhaps decide to work through the thick treacle of shadow work throughout the dark half of the year before emerging in the lighter half, hopefully feeling lighter as a result of this deep inner work. Roughly halfway between winter and summer solstice, Bridget was said to visit the people of Ireland and give them blessings. In the Celtic world, Imbolg was never marked as a specific date, but when the cold, the worst cold of winter, began to break. This meant in some parts, Imbolg would be as late as April or May. Bridges Day is of course 1st February, Imbolg, a day of celebrating the return of light and fertility to the world. Accounts of Imbolc are rare and much folk tradition related to this time is heavily influenced by Christian belief. Although historians believe one tradition of the Celts at Imbolc was to offer to Brigid food or valuables to warrant her blessings. Some legends suggest that Imbolc was a precursor to the American tradition of Groundhog Day and that this originated from Irish writings, where it was a snake, not a groundhog, that would emerge from a hole in the ground, even if there was snow present, to foretell the weather for the rest of the spring. The snake appears throughout much of Celtic lore. A popular symbol for the goddess Brigid is the serpent. It represents renewal and the beginning of spring, when you uncover the deeper elements of this symbol, it is also tied to divinity. Bridget is connected to both life and death. Despite being a goddess of fertility, her stories include loss. 
and one of her most famous surviving legends of Ireland show how she influenced death rituals. In the legend Caith Magtwired, we see how the Tuatha de Nan, the Irish pantheon Bridget belongs to, came to rule over Ireland via two massive battles. They defeated the Fear Balog and the Fomorians, two races who previously ruled the island. Bridget married Brez, the son of a Tuatha de Nan goddess and a Fomorian king. Together, they had three sons, Ruadan, Luaka, and Ua. So sorry for the pronunciations. I did try to find them for these three names, but to no avail. But we'll, we'll, that's, the, that's our attempt. Bridget didn't fight in the second battle of Moitura against the Fomorians, yet her father Dagda and her son Ruadan did and were killed fighting. Her son Ruidan ended up pitted against his mother's people, the Tuatha de Nan, fighting on the side of the Fomorians alongside his father, Brez. Bridges' loyalties were torn as a result. So Ruidan was killed during this battle where he used smithing skills he learned from his mother's family to kill the smith god Gwivnu. Goivnu managed to kill Ruidan before dying himself, sending Brigid into a deep period of mourning. She travelled to the battlefield to wail and lament for her lost son, and this is said to be the first instance of keening in Ireland, and for centuries after, women were designated to keen at memorials for the dead. Brig came and keened for her son. At first she shrieked, in the end she wept. Then for the first time, weeping and shrieking were heard in Ireland. And that is from Caif Magtwired. Following Goivnu's death, Bridget became the goddess of smiths. Gods would often be replaced upon death in the Celtic religion, gods were not entirely immortal. Bridget, beginning with her act of mourning, became a goddess of music and knowledge. Poets were said to love her more dearly than any other god and look to her for inspiration. Many see Bridget as inspiration for incorporating the purity and emotion Bridget expressed into their music. In the same passage of Caith Magtwired, Bridget was said to have invented a whistle to use during travel at night. It became one of the first practical tools of the Tuatha de Nam, but it went on to become a source of entertainment. Music had the use of being able to retell and transmit knowledge through setting poetry to music which like many different cultures was a popular way to retell history and legend through performance for the Irish. Despite her deaf associations, Bridget isn't a deaf goddess, which fell to the Morrigan from her pantheon. As a result of the loss of her son, she was said to watch carefully over mothers and their children not just humans, but also animals. Many of the Ulster cycle myths featuring kings and queens show them raiding one another's herds, arguing over the ownership of prized animals. Herdsmen would pray to Bridget to keep watch over the animals. They believed Bridget would keep the herd fertile, which helped increase the owner's wealth, but that she would also protect and look after them. Imbolg is, of course, an important time within the farming calendar to reflect Bridget's importance within agriculture. Bridget herself had many of her own animals. They and men were her two oxen, said to, like their owner, be of radiant beauty. They grazed at Magfermen in County Kildare, a plain said to be named after them. Bridget had a ram named Serb, considered the king of the sheep, along with a powerful boar called Tortriath, 
who made it into Arthurian legend as Torg. In this tale, he was a prince cursed to become a wild boar who is eventually hunted down by the king and his men. Similar to Brigid replacing Goivnu as the goddess of smiths, Brigid's mother was said to be Danu, the mother goddess within the Tueda Danan, of which they were named. Very little is known of Danu. She holds the Mother Earth archetype, and it's believed her name derives from the Danube River, where much of early Celtic culture originated. Some say Brigid is the daughter of the Morrigan, yet personally, I see her as daughter of Danu. Brigid, in a sense, took over the role of her mother within the pantheon in many ways. By the time of the Irish myths, Danu was no longer an active figure. Therefore, Brigid took over the protective earth mother type role. When Christianity became prominent within Celtic lands, the Tuatha de Danann faded from importance, being diminished to survive in folklore as the Fae or less powerful spirits, but no longer seen by many as divine, with Brigid being the exception to this. Her cult was not easily erased, no matter how hard the Christian monks tried, because she held such strong sway over Irish life overall. They found themselves having to embrace her and change her into a Christian saint, her story being rewritten for the church. Many of her attributes were given in a human form to make her worship more in alignment with Christian belief. St Bridget was now a nun from the 5th century who founded a monastery and convent at Kildare on the site of a shrine to the former pagan goddess. Many legends of St Bridget's deeds tied her to the pagan goddess. For example, she was said to have founded an art school in Kildare where she encouraged metal workers. All of this, however, helped the Irish people to be able to continue to worship and invoke her as they had for centuries, yet their prayers now being acceptable as they were Christian. Her day remained as 1st February, as St Bridget's feast day, and offerings were still made to her akin to pagan times. Many celebrate even today Bridget's Eve, January 31st, with bonfires lit to represent the inspiration and fire of the goddess and coincides with Imbolg on 1st February with her day. Bridget's sacred flame continues to burn at Kildare. One of the most unlikely places for Bridget to be worshipped is Haiti, where she appears as the most well-known lower Baron Sandy, the spirit of death's wife, Mamal Bridget. Here she is directly inspired by St. Bridget, originally the Celtic goddess. This hails back to slaves from many African cultures, combining their beliefs with those of the French Catholics who ruled Haiti. This became voodoo, a religion developed primarily in Haiti, but also throughout the Caribbean from the 16th to 18th centuries. The loa, or spirits invoked in voodoo, are based on African gods, but incorporate much of the symbolism and lore of the saints. Mammal Bridget is associated with fire, akin to Bridget's association with the sun and metalworking. In voodoo belief, she drinks rum infused with red chilies to make her breath as hot as a flame. Despite being a lower of death, she is still a maternal protective spirit who cares for the dead more than they were cared for in life. She takes pity on lost souls, helping them cross over into the afterlife 
to join her family. When venerated, she helps those in life who respect the dead and remember them. Mamal Brigid was formed under harsh conditions. However, she shows the same maternal care as the Irish goddess Brigid. She represented to the slaves working on Haiti's brutal sugar plantations, hope that they would find more love and peace following death than they did in life. Mama Bridget even had the pale skin and bright red hair that mark her as having Irish origins compared to the other Loa who were inspired by African deities. Most scholars believe Mummel Bridget is the only Loa to come entirely from Catholic traditions. Here are some ways you might wish to work with Bridget. You may wish to honour her on Bridget's Eve, January 31st, with a bonfire lit to represent the inspiration and fire of this goddess. Also at Imbolc on February 1st. Bridget's symbols are Bridget's cross, fire, the harp, dandelions, sacred wells, and the snake. Her colours are green, white, yellow, and blue. And she is associated with Venus, the planet. You can offer up grains, breads, dairy products, or part of your prepared meals to her. Also ale, coins, like candles for her. In some parts of Ireland and Scotland, it was traditional to leave offerings of food or grass on your doorstep for her cow. Milk is a great offering to Bridget. This is an interesting insight from the website Gather Victoria in relation to milk and Bridget. Milk played an important role in these rites. It symbolized new life and so was considered sacred and pure. I imagine it was also dear. It seems unlikely to me that ancient peoples actually drank much milk. It would have been difficult to store and milk production was tied to the seasons. I reckon they made butter, cheese, yogurt, and possibly saved the milk drinking for ceremonies or for offerings to goddesses, particularly fertility goddesses. Bridget, the mother-son goddess associated with Imbolc, has a close association with milk. Legend has it that she was nourished exclusively on milk from an otherworldly red heifer. Even post-sainthood, St. Bridget was considered a protector of herds and a producer of milky miracles. Pre-Christian and Christian worshippers of Bridget, St. Bridget, relied on the goddess saint to bless and protect the milk supplies of their herds and the new mothers in their communities. So, if you work with Bridget, you may wish to dedicate your half or cauldron to her. She is a domestic half goddess who blesses the centre of our homes and keeps the everyday and sacred fires burning. You might want to set up an altar for Bridget and tend to it daily, perhaps make offerings of milk and butter on the half or altar. Trees sacred to Bridget include the birch, willow, vine, oak and rowan. Both the goddess and the saint are reputed to own a white wand made of birch or willow. According to her prayer card in Catholic tradition, her sacred wood is vine. She is also associated with oak as her church at Kildare was built in a nematon, a traditional druid's oak grove. Herbs, flowers and oils sacred to Bridget include bay, broom, chamomile, cedarwood, corn, crocus, dandelion, flax seeds, 
heather heliotrope lavender lemon verbena red clover rosemary rowan berries sage shamrock snowdrops violet wisteria and blackberries Bridget was believed to be a teacher of herb craft, and so many plants and flowers sacred to her, such as sage, heather, violets, rosemary, angelica, and blackberry, were often featured in Imbolc foods. Each came with their own magical purpose. Sun herbs, for example, brought their powers of purification, protection, and prosperity which were ritual themes throughout all Imbolc celebrations. As the new sun goddess, all forms of light, heat and illumination were sacred to her. So Imbolc was marked with bonfires in the fields and blazing hearths, torches and candles at home. These fires strengthened Bridges' power and were purification rites burning off the old to make way for the new growth to come. Crystals and metals for Bridget, amber, brass, carnelian, citrine, fire agate, garnet, gold, herkimer diamond, ruby and sunstone. She is linked to the elements of fire and water, she is said to appear as either the maiden, mother, or crone aspect, a column of light, or as a woman with light appearing from her head, and she may also manifest as a snake. Every day, every night, that I praise the goddess, I know I shall be safe, I shall not be chased, I shall not be caught. I shall not be harmed. Fire, sun and moon cannot burn me. Not lake, nor stream, nor sea can drown me. Fairy arrow cannot pierce me. I am safe, 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 singing her praises. That's the shield of Bridget from the Goddess Companion by Patricia Monaghan. And this can be used to invoke Bridget. Bridget of the Sacred Flame, I come tonight to call your name. Aid me in my magical right. Bless me with your presence tonight. Bridget, goddess of the sacred well, help me turn my mystical spell. Keep my hearth and home with care so I may feel your magic there. As Bridget is patroness of poetry, bardic lore and inspiration, you might want to offer up poetry or other forms of art to her as an offering. You could make offerings to her at sacred wells, springs or water sources. Not just ones in her name, however. Many sacred wells are dedicated to her as a goddess and saint in Ireland, such as Bridget's Well in Kildare, one of the most famous sites in all of Ireland. The water from the well was said to cure any illness or injury. Although the site now belongs to St Bridget, many still visit it to seek the blessing of the goddess. The flame of Ireland burns on this site and is, in, is dedicated in honour of Bridget. There is also Bridget's well in County Clare, housed in a church. This well was built in a graveyard. This well is located near the famous Cliffs of Moha. You could perhaps make an offering at a well or spring close to you to link with her association and the element of water. Some other ways to connect with Bridget are maybe light some candles and keep an eye out for any confirmation such as a warm feeling, a voice or a vision during meditation or in a dream from her. 
meditate, chant prayers and open yourself up more to experiences with her. Knit, weave, crochet or write as a devotional activity. Craft a corn doll or any other offering for Bridget. Keeping in mind she is the patroness of poetry, smithcraft, animal care, midwifery and breeding. Bridget is a true figure of duality. She represents adaptation throughout the ages. To many, the evolution of the narrative of Bridget represents the merging of the old ways and the new. In another interpretation, her story is about the destruction of the old ways, despite an attempt to hold on. Her marriage to a Fomorian prince was supposed to bridge the gap between the Fomorians and the Tuae de Danan, but the death of her son proved that it wouldn't be a smooth transition. Bridget's eternal flame survived at Kildare for hundreds of years, transitioning from the goddess Bridget to St Bridget's flame, only to be eventually snuffed out by the modern world. Maintaining ancient teachings has been a struggle for the Celtic regions since the first wave of Christianity. Sharing stories, poems and songs about Bridget help modern pagans truly keep her flame eternal. So I just want to make a couple of points in regards to this episode. Firstly, to say I know in bulk is February 2nd this year, but many times it is on the 1st and Bridges Day is often seen as the 1st, just to clear up any confusion. I am very aware that as a witch, I develop in my craft and my pronunciations. We all know I'm shit at pronunciations, but I am trying. I'm very trying. So I now will always say the Kaliak. So that was very painful to listen to me say the Kaliak, like to butcher that so many times in this episode. Last thing I wanted to say as a matter of respect is I know I use the term slaves in this episode. I really hate that. So I would like to correct that and say people who were enslaved. So that's all I wanted to add in respect of this episode. Also that, oh my goodness, there is so much in regards to Bridget. There are so many differing accounts. I really had to pick this apart and see which bits I felt felt most true, lots of comparisons with different accounts. So this is what I put together, but I appreciate there'll be so many different versions of her. That's all I wanted to just add to this because sometimes with the goddesses, it can get really difficult, but I will always, always give it a go and to the best of my ability. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch Sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. That's all I have for you today, witches. But before I go, I just want to let you know about an in-bulk workshop that I'm hosting over on Patreon on Tuesday, 31st of January at 7.30pm GMT time. So after some careful thought, one of my intentions for this year was to combine our workshop and gatherings. So as a collective, us witches can work on areas such as manifesting, shadow work, But doing this working with the seasons, moon cycles, Sabbaths. So beginning this in bulk, 
we will begin by taking a look at what's happening seasonally, how we can work with these cycles for what we intend to manifest for this year. Our first meet, like I say, will be Tuesday 31st of January, but there will also be a recording posted to Patreon thereafter that you can still work as a workshop. There will be enough on there that you can start at any time in the year because in essence, it will truly be about manifesting, releasing and shadow work. So the elements of what's in there, you can begin working on at any time. Each following month will give us the setting to support one another as we work on our intentions. We can also seek out support and inspiration when needed. We can reflect on how the month has panned out for us. There might be areas that you're struggling with and of course, there'll be other witches and myself that can help support you, might have advice and perhaps have been you know, working on the same. So I invite you to join us for our first meet. There is also a intentions workbook that's just been uploaded onto Patreon. And in there, there are some questions that you might want to start mulling over. You don't need to in time for the workshop, but it is a good start for you to kind of start thinking on what it is you want to manifest for this year. You can sign up for £6 a month. There is an absolute plethora, my favourite word of the day, of content on there. Tons and tons of witchy meditations, stories, Patreon podcasts, grimoire pages, hedge witch studies. It's been running for a while, so there is absolutely tons on there that you will access as soon as you sign up. And you can cancel at any time. You are not tied into anything. So yeah, I hope to see you there. And that's all I have for you. And I'm really tired. I'm going to go and have the hottest bath ever. Wish me luck with selling my flat. Hopefully in this decade, I will get to move. Sending you all lots and lots of witchy love. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.